is Dennis Michelson. Welcome to the Data Lab on Core Frequency Safe. This is where all the work gets done on the stats using the scientific method to make you a better fantasy football player. And joining me as he does each and every week on the Data Lab. Hey, he built the data lab here where we do all the work. He brought the test tubes. He brought all of the equipment. It's the Professor John Bush. John, welcome back to the show. Hey, D-Mike. It is uh, a critical fourth week. Uh, if you think about playoffs are coming and uh, we've done, this will be our fourth week. So what is that, about a third of the way through or something-ish like that, if you if your playoffs are week 16 and 17, uh, maybe week 15. Now, we're close to a, a third or something. We're, we're close. So we need to start paying attention to the data and let it lead us to the playoffs. It is amazing how fast a fantasy football season flies by. And one of the things that I can tell you is that three data points, three weeks of data, and I start to see some trends. I start to see some things emerging. And it's not in points. If you look at points, it's always going to look like chaos and a disaster because somebody's going to have a big week like Matt Collins had. But will he repeat that? We have no idea unless we look at smarter data than points. I know points are what it's all about in fantasy football, but when it comes to figuring out who is going to score the points next week, not the past week, it's all about the volume, and you can't get the volume unless you're on the field, and every week you do such a great job of breaking down the snap data. Yeah, we got the report is out at the fantasy, uh, scienceoffantasyfootball.com, my snappy, snappy report. Snappy metrics for week four is out, and I think we were going to talk about that in our data lab. And the first sentence in the report is chase the volume is the rule of thumb. And snaps are one way, certainly target, certainly touches. Uh, people's head will explode if I, you know, teased all that out. So I focus for our I work on the snap report, and I think I catch a lot of it. Uh, certainly, I look at targets and touches, but just don't have time to do everything. But I believe it's a starting point, and I use top-down with bottom-up approaches. I've been preaching that on my video lessons all preseason because you've got to be uh, using both pathways together because if you only use one pathway say you're player specific you're going to miss information if you go top down and only team specific you're going to miss information so to me you've got to kind of try to do both to lower the level of information you're missing because missing information can hurt you right if you're in a minefield you know, it's nice to know where the mines are. And if you look in a kind of a big area, you've got to make a step, right? So you need some, you know, very close metrics and you need your bigger picture as well. Which way is the mine going? But I need information. The step next to me is in the minefield. So you need both 
to try to navigate all the hazards in fantasy football. And sometimes the snap data can be a little confusing because there's, yes. if it's a blowout, for instance, yes. you need to look at the snaps early in the game because once the blowout is underway, a lot of the main stars will be out of the game. But that is next level work. You can pick up so much, but how do you use the snap data to figure out who the next hot player might be? All right. So, uh, first thing I do, I look at positional usage using my snap data. So, I'm looking within teams first. And within the team, how are the snaps divided between the running back, tight end, and wide receivers? Not the players, just the groups. And then I figure the average out of all the players in those categories and then figure out percent usage. And then I graph that because I'm a visual person. So in my report, for instance, I look at four teams at a time and look at average of the player snaps and the percent usage by that team. And so I give you the raw data and then my uh, bar graph and I actually uh, – uh, measure the average of player stats for RB, tight end, and, and WRs, and then the usage, and you see different patterns. And to me, the patterns are suggestive. And I'm sharing the screen with D-Mike now. He hasn't seen this yet. And uh, let's take, take a look at Atlanta and Baltimore. Notice they look the same. Look at that. Look at the tight end specific emphasis on those teams versus say Arizona which is all about the wide receiver and look at Buffalo that are tight end and wide receiver kind of almost equal so we got three different uh, patterns there in the four teams so a lot of time this may be too late right drafting right you all you wanted Kyle Pitts you wanted Mark Andrews. The reason why you wanted it is look how they're being used. And so uh, some of this may be too late for, you know, everybody's got those players. But if you're trading or dynasty or daily fantasy sports or lineups, play Kyle Pitt. I know people, he hadn't been scoring. Except, you know, he may not score, but I think his volume – is going, you know, you should try to find some, you know, like OJ Howard and try to replicate that. Play, I would never play Howard over Pitts, for instance. You're going to get burned if you're playing that scenario and chasing touchdowns with tight ends. And you, I know you're aware of that. So I'll yeah. stop there. Yeah. And, and one of the things is when you break it down like this, I love this because what it tells me immediately is it tells me, okay, Buffalo and Baltimore and Atlanta, they're not loading up on one particular running back. So I'll look at their running backs as a more suspect play the following season in my lineup. I might have a Singletary from Buffalo in my, on my roster, but with this usage trend, I know that other running backs are going to get a share of the snaps. 
So I know I'm only going to be on the field for maybe 40% of the game versus another running back who might get 60%. So I'm pulling up Buffalo. Take a look. Take a look at the weeks one and two versus week three. Look at Singletary, 35-37-67. Wow. You could not have predicted that Singletary would almost double in week three. There was nothing there. You know, I mean, you're thinking, okay, but look at Gillum, Balls, Cooks. They're all involved at some level. And that's just probably how it's going to be. They're not loading it up, Singletary and nobody else. And they did have 90 snaps as an offense last year. So that was a huge increase of about 20 from average. But you see that Singletary went up by 30. So he was getting more of the share of the Mm -hmm. snaps. So very interesting. And they're using Reggie Gilliam as not only a fullback, but as a tight end. So those snap counts get counted as a running back as well. But very interesting to see how the distribution is going. And we can kind of see that in any given week that Singletary is the guy getting the higher percentage. But as you showed in those first two weeks, he didn't get a huge percentage in those first two weeks. So there's nothing to believe that that big spike in week three is going to continue. I call that giraffes. In other words, there are weeks and situations throughout fantasy. Folks, y'all are going to have to realize sometimes, for whatever reason, an O.J. Howard sticks his head above the grass and he's just there, shining his light like Hollins, right, last week. I mean, you couldn't have figured it out, right? He's hidden. All of a sudden, this week is his time to pop his neck up. Is it going to happen again a week four? I don't know, but as long as you understand the inconsistency there, then you're not surprised. Doesn't mean you shouldn't play Singletary, but you shouldn't be upset and throwing the TV through the window (laughs) if he doesn't get 67 snaps this week, if he gets closer to 40, because that was his first couple weeks. So, you know, that's what I'm trying to say is you shouldn't be surprised at inconsistent situations you should be expecting the unexpected right yeah you definitely should and there's two very interesting case studies there between oj howard and mac hollins who both had career games but if you look at the games prior to those games and after those games in the case of oj howard if you look at his snap counts, his snap oh, counts were really low. It was weak. Weak. I, yes. I added Mac Hollins to some teams before last week's big game because he got a good snap count the week before. And with Renfro down, I figured he was going to be getting I mean, t- a snap count. Did I expect 185 on a touchdown? Hell no. But yeah. I expected him to at least be able to be a player I wanted on a best ball team, and those are the and, teams that I grabbed. Here's I, I pulled it up for you to share. This is the actual snap data. Look at first week, 51, 58, and last week, 68. So he did all his business, 68, but his scoring level really went up. 
Look at Devontae Adams, pretty much has moved up as well. Winthrow has been outpointed by Holland weeks one and two. So just, I mean, out snap. So just be aware. And it looks like Keenan Cole is the third guy when uh, Renfro's out. Not that I would say pick him up, but just for your knowledge, if Hollins get injured and Renfro's out, see the snap data says, oh, then maybe I should pick up Keenan Cole, right? And in that best- kind of thing. Yeah, and, and I'm in a best ball dynasty team that we share that we, yeah. we drafted together, and I've picked up uh, Glenn Deutsch, a Deutsch from Arizona, yeah. and oh, yeah. and now Mac Hollins, just based on their snap counts. It I had no, I didn't even look at the points that they scored in the first couple of weeks. You didn't have I just, to take a look at Deutsch, fifty nine, sixty two, sixty seven, and I have a metric called scoring level. That I average across the three weeks, and I, uh, long story short, I give you a metric, and he's scoring as good as Marquise Brown over the three weeks. It's he crazy. Is, yeah, he's a two. I understand Hopkins is coming back, so you make hay while the sun shines. But I think you'll be a viable three. It's just that when Hopkins is back, you might dial back Dorch. Dorch could be a. Uh, uh, you know, a streaming play, maybe. Uh, he may not be. He certainly be valuable if Hopkins were to get hurt or Brown got hurt. Deutsch is going to be there. So he's a solid, on a deep bench, you want him. And you can find these gems before they have their big week just based on snap data. Because yes. if they're on the field, they can make a difference. And two guys whose volume, as far as snap data, has gone up recently are getting set for a big game. Traylon yep. Burks with Tennessee and Brees okay. Hall, who had a solid game last week. Brees Hall is taking over as the RB1 with the Jets, and it's showing up in the snap data. And I, I'm, I'll I'll wager that they're going to have good games well, here now, coming up. Now take a take a look at how that's worked. Look at Paul dropped down week two, but week yep. three he finally crossed Carter, but not by much. So don't I, I'm not sure it's as heavy uh, uh, a change as possible. But he's scoring. Look at his scoring level. He's doubled Michael Carter. So. I look at both the snaps and the scoring level as well. And, yes, I do see that's happened. And uh, can I interest you in Tyler Conklin? I picked him up everywhere I could based on his first two weeks. Look at that, 77, 70, and last week 62. Anytime a tight end gets 62, anything above 60 is golden. Anything above 70 is elite. And Tyler Conklin is, uh, you You got to be all in, at least now. He may die away if they change from Flacco back to Zach Wilson. Who knows? But, you know, you rode the wave while you can, and I picked him up in my streaming situation. I've got on one team, Andrews and Conklin. Oh, my goodness, one and three so far tight ends on one in a tight end premium league, even. I'm here, so happy about and, that. And here's how good Tyler Conklin has been. The average tight end 
other than a tight end with the name of Kelsey and Andrews, only scores 10 or more points between 40 and 55% of their games. And Conklin has done it three games straight. That is the kind of, of solid performance, but he's doing it because he's on the field. His snap data convinces me that he could continue this trend of being a viable top five fantasy football starter at tight end. Will he be one of the elites? Probably not in that offense. But being the the third best or fourth best or fifth best to, uh, you know, if you don't have Kelsey and Andrews, that's a heck of a bargain, and you got him for free. Yeah, and if you look at my overall team play, he's like 40% share, the tight ends, and you have to really look to see – where that's at, and it's almost uh, no other team is using their tight end. Uh, other than New England has two tight ends that they're close to 40%, but uh, you're, you know, I'm just kind of scanning here for my point. And uh, even Baltimore is only, Andrews is so good, and he's only about 30%. So Coughlin is so much more, and Andrews is just super fit. So he's very efficient. Imagine if Andrews was getting as many snaps as Coughlin. What the hell? It would be crazy crackers here. Look at Andrews, 54. Imagine him getting 77. Oh, my goodness. And by the way, his scoring was 99. That's almost perfect, 100 perfect, and that is so rare. Andrews is just thunder and lightning for tight ends right now. The first three weeks, he's just walking on water. Been an incredible start of the season for Andrews, but not Mm -hmm. far behind for Tyler Conklin. I know he's not putting up the big point games, but he's putting up consistent points, and that's what you want to win in fantasy football. But it's not a mirage. Because oh. he is getting the snaps. He's getting the opportunities. Great and, snaps. And if you want to find out more about how to use the snap data to your event to your advantage, check out Professor John Bush's content over at scienceoffantasyfootball.com. As always, Professor, okay. bring in got, the knowledge. Okay. And we got one last question I'm going to throw at you. Based on the snap data, who is Green Bay's number three handcuff to the handcuff? We got Jones. We got Dylan. Who's number three? Oh, boy. That Guess is a, what? That Guess is a, what? There's no other running back they've used for any snaps. That is crazy. You don't know. Yeah, that is, that is the day I woke up. It's like, who the hell is the number three in case Jones and Dylan? One of them is hurt. Who should I – I mean, I'm telling you, whoever that is, is free. I'm telling you, you could get them for a dollar on your app. And so if you can figure that out – and let me tell you why I did that, Dennis. If you'll look at my uh, – if we map across the league, uh, look at uh, usage of running backs across the league. 
Look at Green Bay and their running backs. Look, it's the triangle. It's above something percent, 35, 36. The next team is close to 31. And I'm telling you, it's very continuous after that. Nobody is so giraffe-like than Green Bay on their running back. They're, they're all in. And take a look at this pattern across. Uh, let me find the pattern here. Where's Green Bay? Come on. I'm excited. Okay. Love my data. Okay. Look at this pattern. Dennis, no other team looks like this pattern. It's all about the running backs in Green Bay. They've given up on tight end. You don't want Tanya not even close. You need to blow him up, and wide receivers are sad. They have put all their eggs in Jones and Dylan, and that's how they're going to go to the Super Bowl. They have placed a, a, a wager on double zero because running backs are the most fragile position, and that's what the team is riding on. So who's the number three? We got to figure that out. Very interesting data because Kylan Hill, who was in line to be the obvious number three, is still on the pup list. He has not been ready to go. Patrick Taylor is the only guy, and I don't even think he's been active this year. That's what I'm saying. He hasn't snapped. He hasn't taken a snap. But I don't even think he's been on the field for special teams. I I think he's been inactive all three weeks so far. So who is it? It it'll probably be something on somebody on their practice squad that would. Come I'm just out. saying, folks. Well, if something were to happen this week, people would be going crazy. They should be. I'm telling you, this usage, my pattern, it is telling you. This is like insurance. You're hearing the hurricane coming, and you better wonder. Oh, is my house? Do I have house insurance? <laughs> I have hurricane insurance. You better go try to buy some now. I'm telling you, if I had Dylan or Jones or both, I'd be wanting that answer because, folks, especially in a deep bench, you better figure that out because you could get a bad surprise if one of them gets hurt. We're we're hanging by a thread at Green Bay. If one of them gets hurt, though, the other might be a supreme value for several based on this. Still got to do a change of pace or somebody and you just want to figure out who that is. So I got to do some thinking and that's your homework. Professor's homework. Let's you and I think about this. Maybe our Friday, if we've had time to consider, I don't know if that data is out there. I don't, I, I'm going to check their, uh, their practice squad and I'm going to see who's lingering on that practice squad at running back, because that's the answer. And that might be the guy to own I'm in a saying. deep roster league and yeah, dynasty, just... and I think I'm going to pick him up on Friday. Well, I'm just saying, you see, Dennis, nobody's been talking that, right? I haven't even been thinking. That's what the data is telling you that you should at least consider. So we don't want to be surprised versus everybody else in your league is going to be, who do I get now? So – telling you folks there is a surprise wait and hopefully none of them get hurt i'm not pulling for anybody no voodoo from louisiana and none of that but i'm just saying it's i like handcuffed to the handcuffs and i don't know who that is 
I, nobody knows who it is. It's very clear. I'm not even sure Green Bay knows who it is. But one thing is for sure, this data shows me that if you have Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon, play them every week. Because the week, the week will come where a guy tweaks an ankle. There's no third running back to come out there. So your guy is going to get a spike in usage and a spike in points. As always, Professor, digging deep through the yeah. data to find a gem. Great job. Thank you. I'm telling you. Maybe a wide receiver like Kadebo is out there. Is that – I don't know. Who is that? Is that Cobb? I don't know. He's so old. I don't know. Is that that rookie guy? <laughs> might, be that, might be Christian Watson out of the I don't know. Maybe that's the trick. I don't know. Amari Rogers might be the secret know. number three out of the backfield. It, and I don't think they know either. Okay. Well, well, that'll be wrapping it up for the okay. data lab this week <laughs> on for frequency's sake. But head over to scienceoffantasyfootball.com and digest all that great snap data from the professor. My weekly values will be posted there shortly as well. And as always... Come on back again next week here on For Frequency's Sake for another edition of The Data Lab. Get to work, folks.